What's up? It's Allie Dunn, the Goddess MC, host of the First Fridays podcast, back at it for another one. And we have special guests joining us today. It's the Drama Ministry from the International Pentecostal Church in Bellflower, California. You have a wonderful play that you're promoting, and I wanted to have you guys on the show. So I want to thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you all because we talk a lot about performance on this podcast, uh, performance anxiety, preparing for live performances, and so I want to touch on some of that a little bit, but first and foremost, you're promoting a play, and I want to get some information about it so that people can come and check it out. So first of all, tell me what's the name of the play? It's called The Graduation, and uh, it's a youth play that... This is the first time we're performing it. Uh, it was written about two months ago, three months ago, um, by a collective group of churchgoers. Um, we have a creative writing small group, and we took this project on at the behest of our youth pastor who wanted to do a youth play that dealt with some of the issues that young people face today. So that's sort of the impetus of the play. I want to ask you more information. So this is John Aoki. He's the director of this play, The Graduation. I want to know, how did you come up with the character development for this play? So as we were going through writing the script for the play, um, we wanted to make sure that we hit on all the types of young people, well, maybe not all, but some of the some of the main ones, some of the types of young people and, that go to high school that are about to graduate, that are, uh, you know, dealing with issues. So we had, we came up with a sort of a sport jock type person who's into sports, who's on the varsity team, that type of thing. We came up with a social media influencer or an up-and-coming social media influencer who's on TikTok and all the social media platforms. And then uh, we had just a popular girl who's pretty and just, you know, popular. And then we have a preacher's kid who's sort of leading a Bible study at school. Um, But he's sort of, you know, he's sort of part of the in crowd. He's not awkward or anything like that. He's pretty popular and well-known on the campus. And then we had a nobody, uh, sort of a just a normal Joe type of character that no one really notices this person. In fact, you know, they, they just go on with their life, um, not really known for anything or taking on any real challenge. They're just sort of there type of thing. Okay, so it sounds like a pretty robust cast. And a lot of people, I think, that are in this play, we could probably see ourselves or see someone that we know through some of these characters. So I want to get some more information about the characters. First of all, Ainsley. So tell me about the character that you play. Um, so in this play, I play the social media influencer who is always on social media, Insta, Snapchat, TikTok, etc., who also has a different life than she lives. So I'd say she has a different life at school, but no one really knows what she's dealing with, depression and anxiety. Oh, wow. So let me ask you this. How did you prepare for the role? Because I know that there are some individuals who have 
experience going to a performing arts school. They know about method acting or, you know, what method or what did you do to, to get ready for this role? Well, it's a graduation play and I'm also a senior who's graduating and I've gone through some things as well. So I put myself in the position thinking it's my real life. And I also used to be a theater kid too. So that really helped out. Yeah, I can imagine like being a part of theater that really helps. So let me ask you, like how much of your personal life do you think really reflects the character that you're playing? Or is it kind of more so um, like art imitating life? Like maybe you just had to come up with a lot of character development on your own. Like how much does your character like really reflect on you personally? Um, The character that I play, I feel like really relates to me because I'm always on social media too at this point. Um, But I say my personal life also deals with depression as well because I've gone through a stage where I've dealt with problems, didn't know who to turn to, and I have to make a face for everyone to know that I'm okay. Hmm. Well, that's interesting that you say that. You have to make this face to kind of show everybody that you're okay like where does that come from like why is it that sometimes we don't want anybody to know that we're depressed or we're going through something like how did you handle that personally and then how did you bring that into your character um well in this generation I feel like a lot of people deal with depression anxiety and don't know how to tell other people because they think they can deal with it on their own yeah um I'd also say in my life I think about the problems that my character plays and I try and be really emotional with it because I know how serious the issues can be with having a different face in school and having a different face in the house dealing with depression all by yourself, not knowing who to turn to. Well, that's a really good point that you're making. So I wonder, I can imagine, like, say if you're in school, you're getting ready to graduate, maybe you come from a supportive family or maybe even you don't. What is the best way to get some support if you're dealing with depression or if you're dealing with your mental health? Like, where do you go? In my case, I do have a very supportive family who's always there for me, open arms. I'd say I go straight to my family, open up, because I know that they'll always be by my side. If not the case, if I didn't have a supportive family, I'd ask if. I can go see a school counselor, a guidance counselor, or maybe even see a therapist talk about it. Okay. And that's really good, too. I think school is another great way to find some support. Like, say, I'm sure you probably have some friends or even some peers that maybe their household is not as supportive. Maybe they don't have a family that's as supportive. But having that supportive school community, a sense of community there where people care about you can be really impactful as well on your mental health. So let me ask, Celine, we have you on the line as well, and you're the assistant or associate director of the play too, right? Uh, Assistant director, correct. Assistant director. Okay, so tell me about your role as assistant director. What did that entail exactly, and how did you even land that role in this play? Um, I previously have been an assistant director with John Aoki, myself, Um, but I... I would say like I kind of landed this more of knowing that I would be able to just be that supportive role for John, anything that he would need in the play, whether he would be there or would need assistance in um, help with a direction 
um, I would be kind of there just to help him out with that. So let me ask you this, because it sounds like you would have to be in a role of maybe servitude. But some people, they want to kind of run the show. They want to call the shot. So tell me how important it is to be in a role of service just to be a part of opportunities like the graduation. In an aspect of servitude, um, being a complete servant, um, it's just more of kind of... I don't know if this is, like, a little horrible to say, so I apologize. <laughs> it's just to, like, kind of humble yourself because we know that there is a, a head dog a part of the, the, the play. So I put, kind of put myself down because I know that it's ultimately it's John's direction. It's he, He's the, the head person of this. So I just wanted to just be that assistant for him. And I was like, uh, maybe I shouldn't say too much because it's not really mine to say. So, yeah, pretty much that. <laughs> well, that's interesting, like just being um, just in the spirit of humility in order to serve. And then sometimes that opens doors for us because sometimes we might not necessarily be that, that head person in charge. Sometimes we do have to take on an assistant role, but then sometimes you might even have to kind of suppress your own ideas and what you have to say. So I wonder, John, what do you think? Like, how can an assistant director or someone who is assisting you, how can they have their own personality, their own work ethic come out? when they're also playing a role of an assistant? Because it seems like there's a fine line between how much you can share, what you can really say, but then you have your own creative viewpoint as a, an assistant as well. So how, how does someone balance that? Yeah, I mean, I've experienced that myself since I'm the assistant pastor. <laughs> Obviously, I'm uh, always promoting, always pushing for the vision of pastor, um, not trying to you know, cross steps with, with him or his vision, you know, obviously I have my own mind, my own voice, you know, obviously I direct plays and creatively write and I'm involved in a lot of different creative projects and, and he relies on me a lot for that creativity to bounce things off of, to be that sort of discernment person for him. And that's, that's the same with Celine, I bounce a lot of things off of her. Should we do this? Should we, what time should we have rehearsal tonight? Should we push it to tomorrow since everyone's super busy? So <clears throat> I try to, I try to give voice, um, you know, to all of the assistants, you know, I have people running lighting, I have people running, um, sound and, and, uh, you know, actually, Celine's our sound director, so <laughs> she tells me what to do on when it comes to the sound and the sound equipment and the mics and all that kind of thing. So sometimes I have to uh, be humble to her too. So uh, no, it's <clears throat> we have a we have a very team ethic here at our church, International Pentecostal Church, where we are pretty open to uh, stating our opinions, but. When push comes to shove, it comes down to the leader, the head person. So we all understand that, know that, but we try to give voice to, you know, what we're thinking also. Well, that's good. I want to talk more about Celine's point behind humility, just having this attitude of humility, because I imagine that's got to be pretty difficult for folks who especially are in the arts and entertainment community. It seems like in particular, if you want to get your name out there, if you want to be known, 
And even if you want to be famous, for example, it's kind of difficult to take on this attitude of humility. I mean, we hear in music in particular and even hip hop, like you want to be the best, you want to be the greatest, like you, you brag about how, how nice you are. Even when it comes to auditioning for a play, it's like you want to go in there with confidence to know that you're going to land the role. So it's like, how can you reconcile that with being humble when you have your your own dreams? Because I imagine for you, John, in particular, when you set out to be a pastor, was it did you always want to serve first and be an assistant pastor or did you walk into there having your own desires like, okay, I would like to be the head pastor of my own church, but now here I am in an assistant role. So how, how do you reconcile those, those two different roles or worlds, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, it's hundred percent reliance on God. You know, obviously you put yourself out there, you um, allow God's light to shine through you. And, you know, obviously there's a time for everything. I think that's the main thing is you'll have your time. Uh, you just got to be ready for it. Right. So if your time right now is to be an assistant, you got to do that to the best of your ability. You got to be humble and humble about your talents, your abilities, but make sure that you let God shine through, through them. He wants to use those talents. So you can't hide them under a bushel. You can't, just let them lie dormant. You got to let them shine forth, but <clears throat> also give glory to God when it's all said and done, right? Because that's who the talents come from. So that that's part of it is just letting God knowing knowing where the gift comes from and letting God God shine through you. But also when promotion time comes, when it's time to step up and be that leader, you're ready, right? Because that's what you've been dreaming of. Yeah, they say if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's right. That's right. But also, Celine is one of the cast members, too. So she's not just the, just the assistant. She's playing the part of Vicky, who's the uh, popular girl on campus. So she's got a dual role, you know, helping, assisting me where I need the help, but also knowing her lines, studying her character out, getting getting things ready for that, too. Yeah, Selena, it sounds like you have a lot on your plate. I mean, the sound engineer, (laughs) the assistant director, you're in the the play as well. Okay, so tell me about the character that you play, and what makes your character so significant to this story? Uh, As John said, I play Vicky, but she is the popular girl. Um, She's kind of mean, too, not going to lie to you. While I was studying her character, she's a little bit of a mean girl. Um, But she also has secrets um she she's kind of more the suffer in silence type where she kind of doesn't she doesn't know where to go with her secrets not even tell her best friend which is phoenix um about those secrets she kind of just keeps to herself but is also outgoing kind of out there herself okay so and as far as the impact that she makes and the character that she brings to the table I mean why is it so important do you think to have this character written into the play like why was this role necessary well I she's trying to not to give spoilers yeah, really okay I know, I know you have to be careful <laughs> um, so I, I just believe like people people well 
a person like myself, I am the suffer in silence type. I kind of don't really like to talk about my feelings or what's going on with me in my head, Laura. And so I feel like with that sort of characteristic, it's kind of hard to talk about whether that's depression, anxiety, or just let alone what you're feeling inside um, can be pretty isolating, actually. And um, trying to figure out like who to go to in that sort of aspect with this character in particular, I feel like she kind of just, I'm being so careful here, <laughs> trying to burst out of her own element to actually talk about what she's going through with a particular person in the play. I'm being so careful here, I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> okay. I know, and we can't wait to see. It's going to be so interesting for all of this stuff to be revealed. But I do wonder, like when you said you're feeling isolated in some instances, I wonder how could that be possible? I mean, it seems like if someone's in school, they have a huge school community. There's so many other peers around. Plus, you have your family life, your extracurricular activities. What is that that would make someone feel so isolated when there's so many other people around? Well, there's, there's, there's some that would like to be perceived in a certain way. They don't want them to see the real them. And so when that happens, we kind of just put on what I call a mask on the outside, where we go outside and perceive ourselves to be this person and try to act this person all the way through. But then when we go home, we kind of just take off that mask and perceive ourselves to be another person. So that can be actually pretty isolating where you're trying to be two different people at once. Now, let me ask Ainsley this. How come this play is so important for people to see? I feel like this play is so important to see because people go through a lot of emotions, problems, and they don't know who to turn to. They put on a face or also a mask, as Celine says, to hide what they're trying to deal with, trying to hide away from their families but they keep it to themselves. So I feel like it's really important for people to see this play because it's really emotional and it'll give people, it'll show people a way of what path they're being led to because things happen for a reason. God um, doesn't just do things in your life just to torture you. He leads you along the right path because he wants you to turn to him eventually. Yeah, that's good. I want to go... I'll give a small spoiler. Okay. (laughs) We love a spoiler. We love a spoiler alert. So you would think this being called the graduation would end with the the actual graduation. Um, But that's actually the second to the last scene. The last scene is actually a funeral. I won't give away who dies, but the last scene is a funeral. So it's very, very emotional at the end, especially... It's, um, you know, pretty heart-wrenching, but um, there's definitely hope at the end. You wouldn't think there would be, but there's definitely hope at the end. It's beautiful hope. Yes. Beautiful hope at the end. You know what? I think now it's time to listen to some beautiful music. How you like that for a segue? We're going to take a quick break and listen to a special request by INRSQD, MoFlo Music, and Sammy. The song is called Blessings. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the First Fridays podcast at thegodcollection.com. Three on it, four on it, I didn't lost my count. When I lost my way, you put me back, I don't know how. I never pray for blessings. 
to the First Fridays podcast brought to you by thegodcollection.com with your host, Ali Don, the goddess MC. Now, the song you just heard is called Blessings, and the artist is I-N-R-S-Q-D, MoFlow Music, and Sammy. Now, we're here with the drama ministry from the International Pentecostal Church in Bellflower, California, and they are promoting a brand new play called The Graduation. Now, we're here with the cast and crew. Now, let me ask you, John, you said that there was a team of talented writers that came together to make this play come to fruition. So what was the conversation like going into it, going into that writer's room as far as what you wanted to convey in this play? So we had the youth pastor come to our uh, small group meeting um, and just give his vision and just sort of kick it off. He's been stewing on this story for like two to three years. I remember he came to me uh, like three years ago, four years ago, and said, hey, I have an idea, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he sounds? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's from the Bronx or somewhere in New York. I love it. So uh, he's like, you know, I, 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 he's a youth pastor, so he's like totally into, you know, youth issues. And so he wanted to touch on social media. He wanted to touch on very character-driven type of plot. So when he gave us the, the vision of the story, we just totally ran with it. Now, this group is like a diverse group of writers. We didn't come together to write a youth play. We came together because we like creative writing. So um, there's a young person that's in high school. She's part of it, super quiet, but she wrote like two of the scenes. Like it was unbelievable. We have another um, young adult, college age person that wrote a couple scenes and then several adults that are far beyond (laughs) high school but have that creative mind and those creative juices flowing and we all pitched in and wrote several you know the whole play basically 
bouncing ideas off each other. We'd go off and write certain scenes and and come back and review them and edit them. And it took a lot of humble pie actually for people to have their <laughs> have their scene edited right in front of them. Mm. Like would they say that that way? So we change it right there and then. And but everyone was for the I guess the the project over our own personal talents and stuff. So uh, it was a good experience, a really good experience. Well, that is good. And then I think even some humility is necessary, even getting into that writer's room when you're having your lines chopped or you're having your scene cut and edited right in front of your face. Yeah, mine was one of the big ones. So I I wrote the graduation scene. And I had this whole thing after the graduation of them meeting together, just, you know, talking and this huge emotional thing, just like unraveling. They're like, oh, we want to save that for the funeral. So <laughs> basically all that, half of the scene I wrote was completely cut out. Wow. <laughs> yes, the main, the main director and uh, writer had the most cuts. <laughs> wow. Well, that's interesting. So, and yeah, and it's definitely like a humbling experience right there, most definitely. But I want to go back to something that you said because you talked about talent. Like, we all have this God-given talent that he gave us, and we don't want to bury that talent. So I wonder, maybe from Ainsley and Celine, like, how did you get started in acting? And how can you inspire someone to even get started if, say, they've got stage fright or maybe they just don't think they have what it takes to even start acting or to be an actor. Ainsley, what can you say as far as, like, how you got started and how you can encourage someone else? Well, I personally went into theater on my own because my dad encouraged me. I had a family member who was in theater. Surprisingly, I didn't know that about my dad. Um, but he encouraged me to go into theater and I did a play during middle school and then here now at International Pentecostal Church I didn't want to um, try out for the play because I didn't think I'd be fit I could be better as an extra but I thought it'd be a good opportunity to be more closer to the church people understand what the play is really about and it'd be a really good opportunity so I'd say pray about it. See if you really want to do it. Even being just an extra makes the play really important. It's not just about shining your light on yourself. It's more about the importance of the play and what you can do with others. Mm, that's good. I want to talk more about when you said pray about it. So. Let me ask, how come that's so important? Because I know some people, they might go after something that they think of, or it might even be something that they're dreaming of, but maybe they get burnt out pretty quickly, and they're dealing with the stress, they're dealing with a lot of no's, especially auditioning. So how come it's so important to pray about it first? I say it's really important to pray because prayer life is really important. Um, Praying about everything is so important. I pray all the time, even... When being thankful for the little things, it doesn't have to be anything big. But praying about everything or anything is really important to me, especially because there's a lot of things that go on in my life. And I didn't know if I'd be fit to do the role because I have so many things going on. But I prayed to God saying, 
am I fit to do this role with how busy I am? And he's given me the opportunity, and I feel like it'd be really important for me to get closer to him as well. And that's good. And that's good. I think good advice for a lot of people who want to get started on something and might be second guessing whether they have what it takes to do it, but just stepping out on faith. And after praying and getting that confirmation to go forward, it kind of helps you know that you're on the right track and you're doing the right thing. I have a question for Celine. So I wonder, because when we talked before about using your talents, not bearing your talents, now you have so many roles in this play. So how did you get started? Did you first want to do something more so behind the scenes? Did you originally want to audition to play a character in the play? And then all of a sudden you ended up with these extra roles. So how did you get started in this whole process from the audition into landing those other roles that you have, the responsibilities that you have in the graduation? See, what happened was, what happened was, what happened was, I was actually just originally the sound director. I am the church sound director anyway. So I was kind of just like there just to see like which character would need like a microphone. Um, how am I going to switch it between people if they really needed it? And then John, I don't remember if he had texted me or just told me he's like, hey, can you be my assistant director for the play? I was just like, okay. All I said was just, okay. And I was like, God, is this where you want me to be? And I kind of prayed about it. So, you know, just like, you know what? I already said yes. I was like, God, guide me. And he was like, okay, cool. Um, as for the other characters, like Vicky, um, I just wanted to audition just for fun. It wasn't really, like, a, a thing for me. Mind you, I have stage fright myself. Okay. Even though I'm on, like, the praise team here at the church, I, I'm always so scared to even remotely speak in front of people because I don't feel as though I am very articulate with my words. Um, but then during the casting moments where we had a casting meeting of who was going to be who for which character, they're like, oh, I kind of like Celine being this character. I was like, oh, okay, should I get out of the room then? I don't know if I should be here. And I'm like, no, you're, you should be here. And I'm like, okay, sure. So um, just taking on these many roles, I don't know. It's not that bad, I guess. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> yeah. You're able to manage it all. I think. Yeah. I'll, I'll check back with you later. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll see how this all pans out. You might be, like, totally burnt out by the end of this whole thing. With we'll the see. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, I think, yeah, he definitely doesn't put more on you than you can bear. So you definitely got it. So let me ask you both this, um, starting with Ainsley, because you said that at first you weren't quite sure if you could even audition and even be a part of this play. And we know that performance anxiety could be really very real. I mean, especially when you're going in for an audition. What are some of the things that you do to overcome that performance anxiety um, so that you don't choke, basically, when you're on stage? I usually talk to someone about it who's in the play, who's confident. Because me, I also have stage fright, too, being in front of everyone. Um, I usually talk to a friend about it, making sure, like, you know, a pep, a pep talk before anything, like any pep talk, um, to make sure that you calm your nerves. Um, like I said, praying, too, helps. It's nice that you can go to somebody. And talk to them about it, especially, I mean, if we're feeling so isolated at times and you have to put on this mask. But it's 
I think it takes some vulnerability there to let somebody know that you might be a little bit nervous or too scared or maybe you doubt yourself or second guess whether you can even go after something that you really want to do. But to talk to somebody about it, I think just acknowledging that anxiety helps to alleviate some of those symptoms. What would you say also, Celine, like say you're getting ready to perform even on the praise and worship team, you're more so in a group, but what would it be like to have like a solo performance or even on stage in a play to have like a solo scene? Like what would you do to get prepared to kind of shake off those jitters and get rid of that performance anxiety and overcome that stage fright? Um, I don't really have anything like kind of just to prepare myself in that aspect. I kind of just rip off the band-aid, not gonna lie. Um, where I just be like, okay, I gotta step on the stage in a little bit. I gotta give this whole entire feel of lines to convey who this character is as a person or even let, let alone singing as well. Um, you kind of just like just step out and just do it. And then afterwards you can like kind of talk about it later and be like, uh is this was that okay should I rewatch it should I redo it should I be should I have a better um should I have a better way of doing this so I kind of just go for it before I go to another person for advice about it okay so it sounds like you give yourself a pep talk and then just that overall just ambition that you have inside of you you just want to go for it anyway and then get some feedback to improve yes well, that's good. Well, let me ask you this. How can someone get involved in acting? Because it seems like, say, if someone has this big dream. I mean, of course, we're living in Southern California. A lot of people have dreams of going to Hollywood. And even folks that don't even live in California, they want to travel here just so they can get their big break and be a big star in Hollywood. But there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of people that are doing that. So what could you say as far as how can someone get started in acting? Would a school play be the best way to go about it? Would it be to get scouted, get an agent? Like, what do you think, Ainsley? Um, well, getting into acting can be a really big dream for someone if you really want to pursue it. Um, for me, I start off small. Um, you can take an opportunity to go to the theater club or join a theater class. Tell them you have, tell the teacher you have stage fright and take small steps. Um, maybe they'll give you some exercises. Like for me in middle school, I had a drama teacher. I told her I had stage fright and I wanted to take it step by step because I wanted to see what theater was all about. Um, we started off with a few exercises. We did some few games about playing and acting. So I'd say a small step to get into acting would be to start off with school and join a club or a theater class. Then let me ask you, what are your hopes for the future as far as an acting career? Um, ooh, for acting, um, I have thought about acting um, on TikTok, I used to see a bunch of acting opportunities, pulling in agents, and I thought maybe this is something I could really do. But I decided to stick with International Pentecostal Church, acting only. <laughs> I love my church family. I could possibly think about joining other plays, but right now I want to stick with the play and see how it goes so far. 
And it seems like that's a safe space too. Yeah. Because they've definitely opened a door for you to, to get started. And it seems like it's a, it's a good place to, to stay so that not only can you continue to get that experience, but also have that support system around you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what would you say, Celine? Like, say if somebody wants to come to L.A., they have this big dream of being an actor, they want to go to Hollywood. Uh, what would you say to someone who, who tells you this? Go for it. <laughs> um, I would literally say go for it. If it's a dream of yours, um, honestly, nothing, the sky's the limit. Like, just do what you have to do, go for it, but also know that God is there with you throughout it, the whole thing. So if you're, if you are a faith believer, just pray about it first before stepping in, in that stepping stone, but, um, go for it. Dream, dream a bigger dream. Do your thing. I like that. Dream a bigger dream. John, I'm hoping that we can get a word from you right now because there's so many people out here who have dreams, but maybe they don't have a support system. Uh, Maybe their family members are telling them you can't do it. You know, if you think of, um, you know, Joseph before he got his coat of many colors. And even when he got his coat, you know, people were hating on him. His siblings were hating on him. Like, they just didn't want him to get ahead. You know, there's so much of that that happens. A lot of people compare themselves to other people, and they look at maybe your dreams or your success as a reflection of their failure and the things that they're unable to do. And they kind of imp- they impress that upon other people. They, they want to dim your light. And they don't want you to pursue your dream. So what can you say to somebody who's bearing their talent because they don't have the support system that they would ultimately desire to have? I would say you got to look for those doors because one of them's going to open and you got to walk through boldly. Um, you know, obviously here at church, we have a lot of opportunities. Uh, a lot of people try out. Obviously, if you have a talent, it'll be made known. And, uh, you know, maybe you might not make it for one play, but there's always the next one, especially at our church. And I'm sure there's more and more churches are all about the arts nowadays. Um, At least that's what I've been seeing on social media and so forth. So I think more than ever, there's that opportunity to get your foot in the door to get some valuable experience. You know, how can you say I'm ready for Hollywood if if you haven't been on a stage at all? So get on a stage, look for an opportunity, look for a door, barge through that door and go for it. Like Celine said, you gotta, you you can't hide that talent. You gotta put it out there. And the only way to put it out there is to try, try out, audition, do things in a safe space if it has to be, like you said, it has to be your church. If it's at high school, go for it. You'll you'll be climbing that ladder before you know it. God will open bigger and bigger doors. But you got to go through the small ones first. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was even talking to one of my mentors, um, Tasha McKee at KS1075 Denver. Shout out. She was telling me that when those doors open for you, those are your people. Like that's where you want to go. Yeah. That's right. I mean, especially if you're in arts and entertainment, you're going to get a lot of no's and you're going to get a lot of rejections. So let me ask you this too, um, Ainsley, like how do you know that you're doing the right thing if you're going out for auditions and you're not getting the role 
or people are not opening the door for you, but you know that you've prayed about it. You know, God told you that he wants you to pursue. How do you know when it's you that's pursuing this? And how do you know when it's God, if you're getting rejected? Wow. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> you had a deep one. <laughs> um, everyone has their own way of living. They live out, they plan out their life like, ooh, I'm going to go into acting. Ooh, I want to go into this or that. And there's another side where God wants, he already has his life planned out for you. He knew who you are when you were in the womb. Um, I'd say still pray about it. You can always try. And people fail at times, but you know what? God will always come back and he'll forgive you and he'll take you under his wing and he'll lead you along the right path. But even if that door closes, at least you tried. The least that could happen is saying, no, I'm sorry. There's always a next time. I like that. To be able to say that at least you tried because that way you don't have any regrets. Exactly. I like that. Okay, so let me ask you, John, or even Celine, how can someone get involved or get started in your specific drama ministry at the International Pentecostal Church in Bellflower? How can someone get started? So we, quite often we do have open auditions. We'll put it out on social media that we are opening it up beyond our church or walls or whatever. Um, usually that's for our, our bigger um, uh, Halloween drama that we do. Uh, it's usually a little scary, but powerful with hope and Jesus and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a thriller. But we do open it up to a lot of the neighboring churches, a lot of the um, people who are just following our church um social media so uh definitely that's a good way just to make sure you follow our social media and look for those uh, open auditions we post it usually well ahead well ahead of time uh, our instagram social media handle is at ipchurch dot no just ipchurch just kidding but yeah that's how you can find out through those auditions um uh i guess just watch out for those and just come over and audition. We would yeah. love to have you. I mean, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and just come and, uh, and check out one of our plays. Yeah. <clears throat> well, absolutely. Come and check out the plays, especially the graduation. So let me ask you this, John. Where exactly is it playing? And what are the dates and times where folks can come and see the graduation? Sure. It is uh, located at International Pentecostal Church, 10248 Alondra Boulevard in Bellflower, California. The zip code is 90706. It will be on June 9th and 10th. June 9th will be at 7.30. June 10th, Saturday, will be at 6 p.m. Okay, that sounds great. All right, so the International Pentecostal Church is in Bellflower, California, 10248 Alondra Boulevard. And you can see the graduation. You can check out Ainsley. You can check out Celine. You can check out their amazing work and even possibly become a part of the drama ministry there. So June 9th, 
The graduation is playing at 7.30 p.m. and also June 10th at 6 p.m. Make sure you check it out. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining us today at the First Friday's podcast. Is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? Just want to say thank you for this opportunity to be on the podcast. Um, We appreciate you for this. And, you know, come check us out. We really appreciate it. It was an honor to be on the podcast to be talking to you. I hope to see you guys at the play. Come and say hi to us. We would love to get to know who you are. Hi, Terry. Thank you for the opportunity for allowing us to be on this podcast. Feel free to come and watch and come say hi to us. All right. Thank you guys so very much. It's the cast and crew of the graduation with the International Pentecostal Church in Bellflower, California. Thank you guys so much. And that does it for another episode of the First Fridays Podcast. Shout out to all the SoundCloud listeners, all the Apple Podcast listeners, and of course, those special visitors at thegodcollection.com. Make sure you come back for another one and another one and another one. And we out.